Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor Jr. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. Welcome to the Dream Team. I'm not sure what app you're listening on right now, but wherever you are and whatever you're listening on, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. So if you're on iTunes, do it there. Google Play, do it there. Anchor app, do it there. Overcast or Pocket Cast, either one, guys, it doesn't matter. Make sure that you subscribe and also share. You never know who needs the inspiration. You never know who needs the help. And you you never know who needs that push and critical thinking. Listen, I want to go ahead and get straight into today's topic. I think it's very important. It's one that I, I believe that we can all kind of take from and be able to utilize in our own lives on a day-to-day basis. And it actually happened from something that I saw the other day. So I'm not sure how many of you all got a chance to see um, the uh, NBA player, specifically Cavaliers uh, player uh, Kevin Love, open up about his uh, panic attacks and also his mental health. Um, now, prior to this, right before the All-Star break uh, during President's Day weekend, um, the Toronto Raptors star player uh, DeMar DeRozan opened up about dealing with depression, right? And so uh, I've been listening to a lot of um, my daily sports shows like Undisputed and First Take. And while they've done a great job of covering it, one of the things that's really been sticking out to me is that even with the conversation and people talking about how great it is of, of people of this magnitude who have huge platforms to come out and talk about it, I think that we're still kind of missing something. And that is this, not even just this idea, but what I believe to be a lifestyle of empathy as it pertains to mental health. And and why is this so important to me? Um, The reason is because I I know that we all possess um, some form of empathy, but I think that sometimes we don't always look at ourselves as possessing it or thinking that we can actually utilize it or that it it only has to be or should be used um, during certain moments. So I want to go ahead and break and just dispel this myth today. I truly believe that we all can be empathetic, but it is a choice. It's something that we have to get in our own hearts and our own mind to do. So today I'm going to give you seven quick points and I'm going to be out of your way. We're going to go ahead and jump into this between the dream talk though. First and foremost, as it pertains to mental health and empathy, not everyone deals with mental health issues, right? That's first and foremost. However, we all deal with life and that can lead to mental and emotional emotional health issues, right? Now, I truly believe that each and every one of us, real quick, you've heard me say this before, we all have a mental health. It doesn't mean that we all have mental health issues. However, if we do not take the time to pay attention, invest into, and take care of our mental and emotional health, we will start to diminish. And in that space, this is where the topic of mental health issues starts to arise. Now, even though we might not all deal with mental health issues, we all deal with life. And because we deal with life, we've got to understand that depending on the circumstance and maybe where we are in life when dealing with certain problems, our susceptibility can cause us to fall and linger into a space of mental and emotional health issues. So we've got to be very mindful of the fact that just because we don't deal with the mental health issue does not make us uh, immune. It doesn't mean that 
if we're not careful and if we're not continuously growing and learning and taking care of ourselves, that we can't fall into a space where we might deal. My second point for you all is that we all go through things in life, right? So the first point I talked about how we all deal with life. Because we all go through things in life, we've got to understand that really the only separation when it, when it, as it pertains to those who struggle with mental and emotional issues and those of us who might be able to overcome is the separation comes when it comes to how we process what we deal with in life and then how we handle what we deal with in life. And one of the things that we've got to get uh, out of our head is this false expectation of everybody handling their mental and emotional health issues the same way. Now, I, I want to challenge your way of thinking real quick with this because sometimes we have a very clear and concise outward appearance of what we can tell are deeper internal mental and emotional issues, right? And because that doesn't look like us, it's very easy for us to start putting the label on someone else. But what happens when we might not be showing outward appearances of mental and emotional health issues, but we're still struggling? This false expectation of because I don't look weird on the outside, I must be okay. But because you look weird, clearly there's something wrong with you. One of the things that we have to understand is that things that plague us mentally and emotionally don't always wear an outward uh, appearance, right? So when we start talking about addictions that can't be seen by people, right? When we start talking about drug usage, when we start talking about alcoholism, when we start talking about food and eating disorders, which I actually dealt with as well, one of the things that we've got to understand and kind of get privy to is the fact that we are ourselves are not better than the next person because maybe some of our mess and our dirt isn't necessarily seen on the broader scale for everybody else around us, right? We've got to get out of this false expectation that just because I handle my issues a certain way or I process them a certain way means that everybody else has to do it the same way. I really want to challenge your thinking on this and maybe you need to address something in your life that you think, oh, I got it all together, but do you? Are there some things that you struggle with behind closed doors? And, and trust me, guys, this goes very deep, right? It's not just a thing of, of addictions, but when we start talking about how we treat people, right? We can we can use things as far as our day-to-day -day attitudes. When we start talking about men who are womanizers, right? These are all things, narcissists as people, right? Malicious and envious individuals. These are things that really start teetering the line of mental and emotional issues. Bipolar disorder, right? What you think is positive rage and anger might might actually be some issues that you want to deal with before they grow stronger and get a deeper hold on your life, right? So false expectations and understanding that we all go through things in life and the separation only comes in how we process it and how we handle it. For each and every one of us, whether we are seen with our issues or whether we're not, we have got to learn how to properly process what we're going through. And after we process it, understanding that this is a bump in the road, but it's not the rest of our life, it helps us to better handle what we're facing so that we can move forward. My third point for you is that struggles in life are not, um, are, it's not a competition of who has it worse. And why is this important? With the topic of empathy, one of the things that I have noticed for a while, as you have more people sharing their stories now of overcoming, as you, as you have more individuals who talk about what they've had to go through, sometimes we get some pushback because individuals are kind of like, well, 
that I, I've been through worse, so I don't feel bad for you. Um, or that, that, that's something that I could have gotten through. So I'm not going to feel bad or I don't, I don't empathize with that. Guys, I want to challenge you again in this ridiculous way of thinking. When we talk about pain and suffering, this is not a competition. We are not competing to see whose life is worse. Like at the end of the day, your struggle might be 10 times greater than mine, but I'm going to love on you the same way that I would hope that you would love on me, even though my struggles aren't nearly as bad. But at the end of the day, one thing that comes from this that brings us all together for each and every one of us is the fact that we are dealing with some kind of pain. We're dealing with some kind of trauma. We're dealing with some kind of turmoil. The situation that caused it might be different. But one of the things that's going to remain true always and forever are those feelings that it leaves with us and that it impresses upon us after the situations are over. That traumatic experience sticks for each and every one of us. So we've got to be mindful and realize that struggles in life is not a competition of who has it worse. At the end of the day, I want you to do better. I want to see you better and vice versa. I hope you would hope the same for those that you encounter, right? Challenge that, guys. My fourth point, right, is that your empathy shouldn't be predicated by the depths of someone else's struggle, right? And this is kind of coming straight out of the third point, really. But when we when I talk about this, one of the things that we've got to be mindful and understanding is that we shouldn't be taking this uh, approach that you've got to be at a level 10 of struggle in order for me to care. Right now, I'm not even saying that it's got to be stronger or deeper than yours. But what I'm saying is, is that we've got to challenge this nonsense type of thinking that says that you've got to have a super deep story or a super deep struggle in order for me to empathize with you and at least just be a human to care. Guys, that's crazy. Right. At the end of the day, one of the things that I think we have to do is understand that while my walk might not be your walk and vice versa, I feel like I can learn from you. And I feel like there's something there that I might be able to um, give off as well. So I can't allow um, a selfish emotion predicate whether or not I'm going to feel something for you um, because what led you to mental and emotional issues didn't lead me there. I hope that makes sense. Right. And my fifth point is that empathy comes from a place of relatability. Right. Problems might be different, but it's a problem nonetheless. And I think that this is where we have to kind of get our minds wrapped around the idea of the issue and the problem. We've got to become more relatable in our approach simply by understanding that. We shouldn't be looking at the situation, but look at the person. Put yourself in the person's shoes. What would you feel if this was you right now? How would you want someone to treat you? What kind of love would you hope to have from somebody if this was you in this predicament right now? These are the things that are truly important, guys. So I want you to just challenge that that thinking today that um, you, you can't empathize with people. You might not fully be able to. And I'm not saying you got to be 100 percent. But what I am saying is being able to have an open heart and an open mind. And this is why I think that this is important. Right. My sixth point, learn to have an understanding. Right. And the reason why you learning to have an understanding is important is because it can lead to healing. Right. You have to be an open and willing vessel. At the end of the day, when we talk about empathy for others, it's going to come through. Um, 
our willingness. It's going to come through the choices that we make as it pertains to caring about those around us. One of the things that I notice in society is that we complain so much about the lack of humanity. But I think at to a degree, all of us are a part of that problem at times, because while we can complain about why humanity is lacking or the fact that humanity is lacking, we don't always take a look at our day to day lives. We don't always take a look at some of our actions that actually impose or, or keep this cycle going when it comes to the lack of humanity, specifically with empathy. Right. So I, I really want us to just take some time as you listen to this and even as you leave from this to understand that your willingness is what helps to to keep the humanity going your willingness to be a vessel of love of hope of joy of peace these things are so important it can truly lead to healing for other people and then my my seventh and final point for you all is that empathy for others can not only help them but it can also help you find the answers to your own struggles and situations and i know for some of us this might be hard to believe but it's very true your action of empathy leads to discussion. It leads to heart to hearts. Your actions of empathy leads to a place where people can be free with you, where people can open up, where they feel safe. Right. And because of you being able to do that little bit and empathize and guys, one of the things that I love about conversation and communication is that it's through conversation with people. We start to learn more about ourselves. We start to find our own strength. We start to see just how good we are as it pertains to dealing with this beast that we call life at times. Right. I, I remember when I was running uh, my mentoring program back in Chicago at my old high school, had a few hundred young men in the group that would come in and out. And so during this time, when I first started, I was always of the mind frame that I'm going to just come in and change their lives. I'm going to come in and impact them and give them everything they need. But one of the things I did not take into consideration is that building and bonding with them would actually help me to start having a greater understanding of myself. And while I thought that I was going to be imparting and pouring into them, one of the things that I found out at that age of 22, 23, was that those 14 to 18 year olds were actually teaching me more than what I ever thought that I could have taught them. And this is something that we have to pay attention to in life, right? Is that when we can be empathetic, right? When we can be a vessel, when we can allow our love and our peace and our joy to just vibrantly speak into the hearts and the lives of those who are struggling mentally and emotionally. Listen, you don't need a PhD to help someone. You don't need um, a doctorate uh, uh, in psychi uh, psych psychiatry or uh, or psychology, or you don't have to be a counselor per se to still be a vessel that can be love, right? Love is free, literally. It, it, it's 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 a free gift, but it seems to be one of the hardest things to give. And I'm not sure why that is, right? Love is literally free, but it's so hard for us to give, and it doesn't cost much. I mean, it literally takes us just looking past ourselves understanding that we are not in this world alone that there there are people who who are around us every day who we could be imparting to who we could be loving on and who we could be helping so i just i i want you all to take some time to think about this today right because you might not be struggling with mental and emotional issues but maybe you know somebody that is maybe you're around someone who is right and before you cast judgment 
before you start looking at them weird, before you start going and talking behind their back, right? Some it might be a classmate, it might be a coworker. Take some time to understand that we actually play a huge role in being able to shift the scope of somebody else's life when it comes to their mental and emotional struggles. And and why was this so important for me? As I listened to a lot of the folks talk about Kevin Love coming back on the court and DeMar DeRozan, they were like, you know, we care for you off the court. But then they talked about how when you're on the court, you can't expect guys not to bring this up to get into your head during a game. And I actually want to challenge that. I want to challenge that way of thinking. I want to challenge that mind frame. And I want to challenge those actions. Because at the end of the day, while we look at it as a competitive sport, guys, if you're OG, if your mom, excuse me, let's, I'm going I'm to I'm lay off the slang today. If your parent was to die, you wouldn't go back out in a sporting arena or in a competitive space and try and throw that in somebody's face to try and get an advantage on them, right? There are certain things that are off limits. That's what, that's what we would say. And I think that this is one of the same um, mindsets that we need to have as it pertains to mental health in, in all arenas, whether sports on the NBA, NFL, MLB level, um, all of these, you know, professional, the, the collegiate level, high school, life in general. And this is why I say that, because if we continue to perpetuate this idea that, well, the gloves are off when you're in this arena, we are no better than the outside life that we claim to care about once the game is over. And I know that might be tough to swallow, right? But one of the things that we've got to get to the understanding of is that when we talk about somebody's mental health, it's a seed that is sown. Things that are said, they stay much longer than the game. They stay much longer than the moment. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words can leave lifelong scars. And so one of the things that I want to challenge each of us to do is to be mindful of taking somebody's downfall specifically when it comes to mental and emotional health and trying to utilize it to get an upper hand, whether playfully or serious. And you might think, oh, well, now this means I've got to be mindful of somebody else's feelings. No, now this means that you have to be a human. Just because you've been taught a certain way for so long doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that what you've learned has been the right approach. So for my athletes out there who might be listening into this, I challenge you in this. Because I, ch- I don't want to see you as the one, God forbid, that says or does something to someone on the court in a space of competition, but not realizing the lasting effect. And then it comes back to bite you in the butt. God forbid something happened to that person. They took their own life. They went into a downward spiral. They lost control. Literally, the seeds that we sow in every aspect of life can make or break those around us. And it doesn't mean that we're changing ourselves. It literally means that we are challenging flawed systems within us, flawed ideologies within ourselves and becoming better humans so that this idea of humanity isn't just an idea, but it's a daily lifestyle. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I don't know where you are across the the world um, listening into this, but I just ask that you take some time when we talk about mental health and empathizing with people. You might not be going through their struggle, but you've gone through a struggle and your relatability comes in being able to empathize with that struggle, not necessarily the problem, but what the person feels, what they might be going through, and then for you to be a space of love. 
You're not losing in life, guys. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream. For those of you all that don't know, between the dream is the point between your present moment and your promise, which is your process. Between the dream is literally the process. When you embrace your process, you embrace your progress. And when you embrace your progress, you can walk into every promise, every purpose, and every plan meant for your life. Till next time. Peace.